We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Lincoln weather this upcoming week, hopefully no more snow, 50s and 60s with maybe clouds, a little bit of rain in the middle of the week. And this segment is possible today because of Lincoln Electric System, Charter Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up in the show, filling jobs. Where are people coming from to take jobs in Lincoln and why can't we get more of them from here? Um, more of them to here. We'll talk to John Albin, the Nebraska Commissioner on Labor. Also coming up on the show, tourism growth at the edges, giving your kids a car, um, smart thermostats, elect electric cars. I mean, you could give them an electric car if you want, I suppose. Sure. And, and businesses opening, closing, and moving around Lincoln. Well, Robin, why don't we talk to our first uh, first guest here? John Albin, he's the Nebraska Commissioner on Labor, and we wanted to ask him about the unemployment versus jobs that we have available in Nebraska. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. Well, you keep track of all these things, and I was in a um, in an advisory board meeting with you, and you mentioned these statistics, which I thought were astounding. We have 22,000 to 23,000 people in Nebraska unemployed yet we have 52,000 jobs available. Um, so put this in a frame of reference of some of our other t points in Nebraska history where maybe it was flipped the other way or what's normal. Can you put this in context for us? Okay, be happy to. Well, the last time that the uh, number of people unemployed was this low in Nebraska was in 1988. And I think it's important to note that in 1988, the population was significantly smaller in the state of Nebraska at that time. There was 400,000 less uh, residents in Nebraska than there are now. And the size of the labor force uh, has grown uh, by 200,000 in that time period. So we've been averaging over a million uh, people uh, employed in, in the labor force lately. So uh, it's... Uh, even though the number isn't quite as low as it was in 1988, statistically speaking, it's much lower. Uh, in fact, right now we're at a 2.1% unemployment rate in Nebraska, right. which is the lowest ever uh, for the state of Nebraska. I mean, and it's always good to have people employed, and you're glad to see that. But uh, it does make it a little bit tough on employers uh, when the uh, job candidate pool uh, shrinks that way. Um, as you mentioned, there was an estimated 22,000-plus individuals uh, are jobs listed, are unemployed, I'm sorry, uh, in uh, February. And there are, as of March 28th, 52,000 job openings. So there's a lot of job openings. Well, can we, can we get 22,000 people back to work? Uh, or is that just unrealistic due to all sorts of issues? Well, I think what you have to understand is there's a normal churn in the employment pool. There's always going to be some people unemployed just because they have left the job for uh, voluntarily or involuntarily uh, and are looking for other work. Um, so it it's normal, and you really wouldn't expect all 22,000 of those to be uh, come immediately employed. What you do hope is that you expand your job 
uh, pool of candidates so that you, and can get more people to Nebraska so that uh, there are more people for those positions. But um, those 22,000 are, uh, most of them will move back into the job uh, market in, in a matter of time. So They, they plan to get a job. Yeah. So that leaves us with either A, convincing people who aren't on the market at all for a job, like they've dropped out completely into coming back, or B, recruiting them from out of state. What's our better odds here? Well, I think it has to be in all of the above. I mean, no. we have to yeah. work to get the people that are on the sidelines not looking for work, uh, as measured by the Census Bureau in coordination with the Bureau of Labor Statistics when they talk about people unemployed. Uh, that's somebody who's looked for work in the last three weeks. Um, so uh, those people that aren't looking, you try and attract them back. I mean, all sorts of things can affect that. I mean, if the stock market crashes and 401ks go down, some of those people that are early retirees uh, may decide to move back. I think another important statistic, and it's kind of, I mean, it wasn't anybody's fault and nobody was trying to mislead anybody, but uh, the widely reported phenomena of people leaving the job market permanently, uh, at least as according to the BL. BLS, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, I'm sorry, yep. uh, was actually overstated because now hmm. that they did their benchmarking uh, for that pandemic period, uh, they've discovered that, oh, yeah, there were really more people in the job market than we were estimating before. And it's not one of those deals that's anybody's fault. I mean, the pandemic was once in 100 years and everybody was trying to uh, make adjustments to try and truly reflect the market. And there were some overcorrections in those estimates. But Right now, Nebraska's economy, in terms of its labor force, has returned to pre-pandemic levels. We have a million fifty-seven thousand and twenty people, uh, yeah, in the workforce now. Are there any specific categories that you would say that these job openings are where they're available? Yeah, I mean, healthcare is always number one. Uh, okay, people of my vintage uh, take a lot more uh, time with doctors and hospitals than. Uh, some of our younger uh, co-workers. Um, so healthcare has been a shortage for quite a while now, uh, both here in Nebraska and nationally. Uh, another one that's a big item is transportation. Um, you know, there just aren't enough truck drivers now. You know, I don't think it's as bad now as it was, but you heard anecdotal stories of uh, employers here in Nebraska who had semis sitting in the lot that they could ship product on if they could find somebody to drive the truck. Uh, and so... That gap is narrowing, but it's always been significant. Uh, here in Lincoln, uh, we're not that much different than the state as a whole. Uh, registered nurses uh, are absolutely in a shortage situation. Um, if you're a registered nurse and you want to work, you can get a job. Um, also, retail sales um, seem to have a, a little bit bigger uh, gap between uh, positions filled and people looking for them. Well, that is very interesting information, sir. I wish we had more time for your segment here. I got, we got through half of the questions. Half that, of them, unfortunately. Had. So maybe we'll ask you about these off air and do a little Q&A on Facebook or something. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, thanks a lot for coming. Um, share how to find your website. Okay. It's anyworks.nebraska.gov, and that's letter N, letter E, works.nebraska.gov. And you can go on there and get all of our labor statistics. There's a specific little button that you push on it that's uh, for labor market information. Um, just for general uh, 
things you could go to dol.nebraska.gov that's the agency's main website our primary website but if you're looking for statistical information it's anyworks.nebraska.gov well, well, thanks again. Yeah, thanks Boy, wonderful information. Good information and maybe a little glimmer of hope for employers there. Yeah. I think it's tough, but, but better than it was. Coming up next, Deb Shore, Lancaster County Commissioner, will in, be in to talk about tourism in Lancaster County and then growth at the very, very edges of the city of Lincoln. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Send an announcement to us on Facebook or Twitter about your business opening, closing, or relocating. Provide us with your new address, an approximate date, and one-sentence elevator pitch for what you do. And this segment is possible today because of the Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. We're going to talk about tourism in Lancaster County and Lincoln and growth on the very edges of the city limit, right. which people love to hear about this stuff. And we have the proper person to talk we about We have the this. proper person. Yes. Um, county Commissioner Deb Shore, she straddles that line between city and county and where mm-hmm. the boundaries of Lincoln are set. How are you doing today, Deb? Doing great. It's a pleasure to be with you. Great. Well, let's start with tourism. Yeah. It's been fun to watch tourism and events kind of bounce back after COVID. So, Tell us about the ones that the county funds or helps fund in the Lincoln area. Right. Um, the county oversees the lodging tax, and anytime we have someone stay in one of our hotels, uh, there's a 4% lodging tax, and that comes back to us, and we work with a community advisory board then to allocate those dollars back out to attract more events to Lincoln and to improve our, our local attractions. We had a record-setting year for lodging tax in 2019, and 2020 will always have an asterisk by it. But in 2021, we beat 2019. Yeah. So it is bouncing back quick here in Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. And that's thanks to a couple events. Uh, the National High School Rodeo yes. was here. That was a big event. And um, Garth Brooks brought yeah. a right. lot of visitors in. Yeah. And, of course, the, the, the return of Husker football. So uh, talked with Jack. Mall yesterday, uh, director of our Convention Visitors Bureau, and we are on track in 2022 to beat 2021. So good. things are good. That mm-hmm. is real good. Hey, are all sectors uh, of the, the economy recovering, or are there still some fragile areas? You know, in in talking to um, constituents, business leaders, stakeholders, the one area we're still struggling is employment. Employment itself hasn't bounced back to the extent that it was. And you see record, you know, uh, unemployment. Um, Almost every business has uh, a help wanted sign in the door. So I think that um, COVID impacted that workforce in a way that um, was unexpected and that we're still recovering from. So I had a great um, kickoff uh, yesterday, or it would have been Thursday afternoon, for um, a new initiative to help welcome immigrants and refugees to this community and I think that will only help our workforce issues. Yeah, yeah, we I, we heard from our last guest who was off we ran out of time and off camera but a shortage in the meat packing industry yes. in yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. 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 So um does the county struggle to get roads in place on the edge for new housing or are you ahead of it? Um, and the reason I ask that is people always want to know where the new houses are going. And are do you have some roads out in far reaches that maybe people living in the middle of Lincoln don't even realize it's paved and they're building houses out there? And 
That's a great question. Um, I represent South Lincoln, and the growth down there with regards to residential is just booming. Um, I think a lot of it is being um, driven by Standing Bear High School. Yeah. And people yeah. wanting to, you know, be in, in that part of town and be part of that uh, school growth. I had a conversation this morning with Richard McGinnis and going over some of the annexations that the city is doing to allow for new housing development. And a lot of it is along that south corridor. And in addition to um, the high school, I think a lot of it is being um, driven by the South Beltway. And just as a reminder to people, Standing Bear oh, is yeah. almost to rope. Could be, or it, it's almost a Sotillo so, Road. Yeah, it's it's like 70th, yeah. Yeah, 70th and Sotillo. 70th really, and Sotillo. on a ridge. <laughs> the students are going to have a beautiful view. It um, will be a beautiful yeah, view. You're really, right. It, yeah. is, it is very nice. Um, so uh, South Beltway is nearing completion. And when you look at uh, the interchanges there, great opportunities for commercial and industrial development along that corridor. And for people that commute a lot, easy access to the South Beltway to get to the East Beltway someday or also to uh, the West Beltway. So yeah. great, great connections. What uh, other economic development priorities does the county have? You know, we are always looking for interesting uh, public-private partnerships, and I'd like to share one with you. Uh, with a local, um, well, it's a global in- entity headquartered here in Lincoln, PenLink. Um, they recently worked with us on a computer upgrade, or new system, called CEGIS, uh, Criminal Justice Information System. And if you have anything to do with a criminal justice system, this is the computer software you use. Um, it's law enforcement. It is um, the jails. It is probation. It's parole. It's the courts. It's the state city, county, everybody. And the system itself was about 40 years old and so in need of replacement. And uh, we contracted with PenLink. They designed a new system for us. And in the process, they realized there was a great opportunity for a commercial resale of that software package to other governmental entities. That Lancaster County was not the only county that had 40-year-old <laughs> sure. software. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And ours was very unique that you could input from various um, entities and that system was, you know... Um, Able to capture that. Exactly, exactly. So uh, PenLink has done a, a great job um, for us and they realized that opportunity uh, for additional uh, resale to one of those jurisdictions. And the contract was written that the city and the county get back 9% of that revenue. Yeah. So that will come back into the, our governmental, local governmental coffers and help to offset some of those future maintenance costs. So shout out to PenLink um, for that great partnership with the city and the county. And, you know, and a shout out for uh, negotiating a 9% royalty for the, for the county. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I really think it's kind of a, a format, a, a, road, yeah, a roadmap for maybe other opportunities like that. Yeah. Real quickly before you go, any other economic development projects that you see outside of Lincoln? I mean, I think about Monolith and the yeah. chicken farm and the solar, you know, yeah. but it seems like we're getting some interest in some of the villages. Around we are. Lincoln. We are. Um, and when you look at the economy starting to recover, we need to have sites and locations that um, are available in a variety of ways, whether it's a small uh, residential kind of strip, uh, a business opportunity, or something much larger like Monolith, which is the largest um, economic development project in the history of Lancaster County.
Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Deb Shore, Lancaster County Commissioner. If people have questions about where roads and bridges and houses are coming, how do they get a hold of you? you very easy. Go to lancaster.ne.gov. That's our county website. Just click on uh, the county commissioner page, and it goes right to my email and provides a phone number. And if you have specific questions about where roads and, and bridges are, go to the county engineer's website available through that same link. She provides a map right there. Thanks again. Great, great information. Appreciate that. All right. Look forward to coming back. You bet. Thanks a lot for coming, Deb. Coming up next, Roger Frank will be in. He's going to talk about what happens when you want to give your kids a car or money or something like that. Tax things to be aware of. We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. For over a decade, Grow Lincoln has been the economic development show that tracks businesses opening, closing, and moving around Lincoln, including breaking news about new restaurants on Facebook and Twitter. This segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Land Lincoln Airport Authority, as well as Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. Are you or someone you know planning to give money as a gift and not a loan to their grandchildren? Or maybe even you're thinking about giving your kid a car to drive. With us is Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts to make sure that you handle this in a way that does not end you up in jail because of the IRS problems. Welcome to the show, Roger. Hi, Robin and Dave. <laughs> so is it that top 2% that we hear about, Roger, that are doing things like this and landing in jail? Uh, hopefully land, not landing in jail, but you know, I, I'm guessing that a lot of the top 2% certainly do this, but I, I really think it's probably more common than what you'd think. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe with retirees more so than, uh, maybe somebody in their twenties, but, um, you know, I do think that if the retirees are not using all of their money and they're trying to get it out of the state, they may be looking at this strategy. Uh, could be part of their estate planning process, but you know, sometimes maybe it's to help a struggling family member as well. Yeah, it can just be middle class people doing this for estate reasons, or or yeah, maybe you have a child in trouble and you're not a person of means, but you feel you need to give a gift. But you got to watch out for the taxes. That's right. Yep. Hey, well, you know, some parents give their children a car. Is that treated the same way? You know, from my understanding, it is uh, any property that is gifted uh, could be uh, under these underneath these guidelines. I would encourage you to visit with your tax preparer to make sure that that's the case. But that's my understanding. Uh, but let, you know, let's talk, start talking about the basics with this or this discussion. Uh, the IRS increased the yearly gift tax exclusion for this year to sixteen thousand dollars, and what that really means is an individual taxpayer can gift up to. 16000 this year to a child, grandchild, or any other person with, uh, without any federal gift or estate tax consequences. If you're married, this applies to your spouse as well. That means you or your spouse could give up to $32,000 to that one person. So yeah. those, that's quite a bit of money. Yeah. Now we're going to get into lifetime exclusion here. So first, can you define that? Yeah, so the federal government is just uh, giving a number uh, that you can gift or exclude from estate taxes. 
the gifts of the $16,000 or less uh, do not count against the lifetime exclusion amount for individual estates. Now, this is set uh, for 2022, so individual is just over $12 million. And if uh, you're married, it'll be just over $24 million. Now, if the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsets in 2026, the lifetime exclusion amount could be cut in half. At least that's what it's slated for. So if you've been gifting or you're considering uh, it, maybe you should get started sooner rather than later. Well, you know, this is not something that, you know, I get to deal with all that often. But uh, why don't you talk about some of these other issues that are around that whole estate planning concept? Yeah, I think uh, the one thing, if you uh, are looking at this estate planning, uh, maybe you get started. Maybe you look at your current estate plan if you have one, uh, by instance. So look over your current estate strategy documents to see if they're up to date. Work with your financial professional to start the gifting process. Work with your estate planning attorney if those uh, documents need to be updated. But if you haven't started the estate planning uh, process, there's some great attorneys here in Lincoln. There's some great uh, tax preparer CPAs as well. So take advantage of their expertise. Update the audience on uh, the markets this past week, Roger. You know, much better. Uh, two, three weeks ago when we talked, uh, the markets were down quite a bit at that time. So they've came back over the last few weeks. The, the Dow Jones, and this is through the end of March, the Dow Jones is currently down 4.57%. The NASDAQ composite is currently down about 9.10, and the Standard & Poor's 500 is down about uh, 4.95, so just under 5%, so much better numbers than what it was a few weeks ago. Well, thank you for all that information, Roger. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Roger. Roger. Thank you. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Berthel Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning are independent entities. In our drinking past the pandemic news, Valentino's is applying for a change of location for their liquor license at 2820 Pine Lake Road to 1501 Pine Lake Road. Right, just to the west. 15th and Pine Lake Road. That would be right across the road from Costco. Yeah, a little bit further west than that, but it, it, it's kind of on the corner uh, there of uh, Pine Lake. So good. Interesting. Interesting news. Coming up next, smart thermostats, electric cars, kind of some interesting stuff here. Lincoln Electric System will be in. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Are you experiencing a labor shortage? Check out the possibility of being a sponsor on Grow Lincoln. We'll run ads for the positions you have open and interview you on air about your growing company and why your organization is a great place to work. And we talked about the labor shortage on our very first segment um, off air, we, we ran out of time. I really regret that, that. But off air, our interviewee, John Alban from the Nebraska Commission of Labor, told us that most of the people moving into Nebraska are coming from Iowa. Yeah, and that's the biggest state uh, that 
where we're getting workers from. Yeah. Yeah. And some of uh, some of them are coming from the other border states. Well, okay, Dave, tell us who the sponsors are for this segment. Well, they happen to be John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evden Law Firm. And then, Robin, why don't we talk to our next guest? We, we have a really fun segment for you. You're going to hear about smart thermostats and electric cars and other things like that. Scott Benson is from Lincoln Electric System, and he's working on an integrated resource plan. And that's a very fancy name for something. And we're going to have you explain that, Scott. Well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. You know, an IRP is something that LES conducts every five years. So we're looking out at all the different resource alternatives we might pursue to make up our portfolio to make sure that we serve our customers' energy needs in the most reliable, sustainable, and cost-effective manner. Like I said, you do one every five years. So the main takeaway that comes out of it is even though you're looking out two plus decades with this future looking study, you're coming up with a five-year action plan. So the idea is you come up with programs you might pursue, you're going to implement in the next five years. And then after five years, you take another bite of the apple, do another IRP, do it all over again. Well, so, you know, what were some of the things that came out of your last IRP, which I believe was in 2017, is that correct? That's correct. I'm I'm just using five and adding here, so go. Very good, 2017. Uh, You know, when we talk about resource alternatives, there's two types. One is generation. So what things can we add to our portfolio? Things like wind, solar, maybe natural gas, nuclear. But you're also looking on the load side. Things that you can do with customers like energy efficiency, because if you can reduce their load, that reduces the need for the generation you have to add in the future, which keeps everybody's costs lower. On the generation side in 2017, probably the big hitter was that we chose to extend our hydropower contract with the Western Area Power Administration, or WAPA, who's a federal agency. That was up for a 30-year extension, so we evaluated that against a number of different options and found that over many, many future scenarios, that was one of the best choices, so we elected to go forward with that. On the load side... We offered a new smart thermostat program, so it's called Peak Rewards. LES offers incentives to our customers that if you have your very own Wi-Fi-enabled smart thermostat, on the hottest days of the summer when we're going to set our peak demand, that one hour that we build all the infrastructure for, we can actually lower the set point in your home or your business a few degrees a couple hours prior to the peak period, pre-cool your space, so that hopefully over the next couple of hours when we're going to hit that peak, your air conditioner doesn't run very much keeps the load down, again, reduces our need for future generation. And not everything that comes out of the IRP is really a resource. One of the cool things the last time was uh, we decided we should do an electric vehicle study. In 2017, you could just start to see more and more electric vehicles come, and you really can see it today. So we looked at what impacts that might have on the system. We launched a study that just completed in 2021. We looked at how our customers use those vehicles, how they charge those vehicles, and what impact they might have on the grid. So we are able to supply them going forward. Can you, you give us a little bit of information about what, what that impact might be? Or do you have that available with you at this time? Oh, yeah, no problem. You know, if you look at, like, the demand that an EV puts on the grid, uh, if you're looking at an all-electric vehicle, a lot of those, when they're plugged in and charging at home, they're two to three times the size of a normal air conditioner. Yeah. And that's a big deal because a lot of our system load is driven by air conditioning because we peak typically early after, or late afternoon, early evening in July and August. So that's a big deal. If you look at their energy consumption across the entire year, an all-electric vehicle is equivalent to about one-fourth of the average Lincoln home. So every time we add an EV in town, that's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I'm sure things are changing all the time, but are when you do 22, is a, are there some new considerations? 
there's always new considerations. We've got a really big one for 2022, and that is our new decarbonization goal. So back in late 2020, the LAS Administrative Board adopted a new decarbonization goal that said we're going to try to achieve net zero CO2 emissions from our entire generation portfolio by the year 2040. It's one of the most aggressive goals in the country today. Net zero. Yeah, and when you say net zero, what that means for the folks who may not understand is we don't have to get to exactly zero. We just got to get close. Maybe technology or the cost won't let you get there. But whatever's left over, you're going to have to offset that. Maybe you plant trees, something like that. So you can understand that something like that decarbonization goal is going to go a long ways towards shaping the analysis we perform as part of the IRP. And we also expect it works both ways because we're going to come out of the IRP and one of the big deliverables is going to be what are some steps and some building blocks we're going to take along the way to help meet that goal. Yeah, I was going to say, talking about that, how do other people get involved? So the easy way is we're going to have a series of public meetings and workshops. There's going to be three public meetings. The first is actually in April. Uh, the 21st, it's a Thursday night at 6 o'clock. It's going to be out at our new LES Operations Center at 9445 Rokeby Road. Uh, for anybody that attends, if you want to, you can stick around afterwards. We'll give you a short tour of the facility. You can see the building. It's pretty neat. It's an impressive building. It's a, it, That's a nice this facility. This is a chance for people to tour the LES I building. I might go there just for the tour. Yeah. What, what did you say the date is again? It's April 21st. April 21st. Yep. Okay. Uh, At that first meeting, people will get to see what the IRP process is going to look like, kind of get an IRP 101. Uh, We'll have another public meeting in June where we'll look at what we've done to date and still what we have left to do. And then the big ones in August where we talk about the results of our analysis. We look at a full draft of the report and we talk about that proposed five-year action plan. Uh, Interspersed with those three public meetings are two interactive workshops, one in May, one in July where customers get a feel for our regional electricity market, the Southwest Power Pool, and how that impacts our resource decisions. Uh, And then finally, you can go ahead and email us at any time at irp at les.com. Send us feedback, send us questions. We'll get back in touch with you. Or you can go ahead, if you represent a group or an organization that's interested in IRP, reach out and contact us. We'll come talk to you throughout the process and give you updates along the way. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, how can people, well, I guess you've talked a little bit about how they can learn more about the process, but what what's that website again? Could you mention that? Yeah, so LES's website is les.com. There's a dedicated page to the IRP. You can go ahead and hit LES. IRP. IRP, yeah. Integrated, Integrated Resource, Resource Plan. Resource Plan, yeah. So you can get there by les.com slash IRP or just go to les.com and put IRP in the search tab. You'll find it. Uh, on there, you'll have all the information about the public meetings and the workshops. And after those events are over, we'll have all the meeting materials out there. We'll have recordings of the public meetings. So if you miss something, you can get caught up in a quick hurry. Once but, again, great information. Yeah. Really yeah. appreciate that. Don't complain. This is the this is something you can go to. If you like something they're doing or don't like something, this is where you go to make your voice heard. Yeah. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and moving around. We'll be right back. It's my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here, I got it made and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay, ever be It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Thanks for joining the only business show in Lincoln, the Grow Lincoln Show, over your noon hour. Or if you're listening to podcasts, you might be working out, but we are glad to have you with us. And this segment is possible today because of University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business, Frank Financial Concepts, and Realtors Association of Lincoln. 
businesses opening, closing, and moving around the fun segment for you in case you are wondering about these things that you see around town that look like they're under construction and they look like something might be coming. Um, oh, well, we've got an area kind of more, a little more we northwest. We have a newly, a, a newly deserted building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes you notice there are no cars in parking lots and start asking yourself, well, how long has it been like that since I have not seen anybody at this building? Noah's Ark Processors Building. Um, used to be called Premium Protein. This is at Air Park, up, right. be, up behind the Casey's General Store. Um, that was a kosher meat processing plant, and that has closed. I don't know. Exactly, I don't know when. Exactly when, but it's now for sale. For If, if you happen to have $10 million laying in a drawer somewhere, or you are cashing out of all of your... Um, markets because the stock market was not great this week we can sell you a 10 million dollar building out <laughs> out there um it was owned by an investor in hastings and had been plagued with lawsuits since 2009 um so at, at any rate that appears to be vacant or underused and at this point is available for sale uh robin let's let's be a little more positive and let's kind of go well, to we the got Midtown. that out of the way right right let's go to 28th and south street uh studio eight and it is an airbnb type photo studio where local photographers can rent by the hour or the day instead of and instead of having to find space to lease and pay that entire monthly rate and I thought this was really quite an interesting idea for uh, these small business people who are photographers. And it was kind of a relief for commercial realtors because we don't usually know what to do with requests like that. There's not yeah. th there's not that many small spaces that you know you can fit a budget where you're only in there for if you know if you're not in there day after day, hour after hour, generating revenue. It doesn't make sense to pay commercial rates no doubt so this is a very good solution i thought it was an interesting uh, uh concept hey robin you've got something at uh, gateway gateway food court um new business there cumbias um, they replaced me tierra who closed that particular location um, this is mexican food made from scratch it has street tacos and burritos um I think just that word is is Latin Colombian. So that's been kind of the fun thing in Lincoln is we have seen a big shift away from Tex-Mex and more to some of the South America yeah. Hispanic foods in our local restaurants. And it's been fun for people. Oh, it certainly has. The, so hey, the hey. sauces are different and the cheeses are not the same. Yeah. By the way, that Mitiera still has their original location at 5500 Old Cheney, just in case. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're still in that Still one. wanting uh, to have their uh, cuisine. Yeah. Uh, hey, 90th and O Street, uh, this is across from Southeast Community College. We had talked about this quite a while ago because I saw a building permit pulled, but it looks like we're getting more questions about this and this is going to be and, and you'll see a big vacant parcel parcel of land there it's supposed to be a casey's general store have you noticed whether they've started that or not well for a while there we got some 
some. Were they uh, grading? Or? They were doing some grading work, and yeah. then I saw that building permit, and, and it was quite a while ago. So I, I you know, I, I don't know what happened. Well, I I do know this week they put some land on the market directly next door to it and mentioned that the Casey's is coming. So I think what they're trying to do is sell more out there for commercial use. Sure. Which, when you think about it, so much of what's out there really is just residential right now. I mean, there's a bunch of apartment complexes and a bunch of acreages. And And some townhouses. You know, townhomes. But Southeast Community College, it's probably about time, boy, with that school coming um, in the residential development further down East O Street, it's probably about time to see some commercial of some kind. And gas stations are usually the first thing that you see. I'm thinking, yeah, probably going to be a good location for Casey's. I think, yeah. Hey, talking about that area, we're not too far from there at uh, 98th and Boathouse Drive. Why don't you talk about that, Robin? Yeah, so this is, you keep going um, down the street about six blocks, and then on the north side, on on the southeast community college side of O Street, but further back, um, going back into where all those new houses are, um, there's a plan come forward to the planning commission, 505 dwelling units. Um, they had even thought a long time ago that they would have a certain amount of commercial development there near 98th and Boathouse, 98th and O. And it looks like they're building in some flexibility to possibly change that back to residential. Cause I think they just need that worse than they yeah. need commercial yeah. at this point in time. Into, into some multifamily. Yeah. Hey Robin, let's uh, let's jump to the south uh, area, and and I'm going to bring this up because it's it's a little bit unique, and that is it's our understanding at 14th and Yankee Hill, or and that's the general area. The actual address is 8233 Cody Drive. I saw a new uh, permit for a commercial building shell, one million one hundred twenty-five thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. And it specifically said spec building. And that's why we bring this up is we don't see spec, spec speculative buildings. Speculative buildings. Without tenants. No tenant at no all. No company mention, no announcement. This is something we have not been seeing. We haven't seen a lately. whole lot a whole lot of this. We'll see, you know, maybe somebody's building one and they're gonna occupy Half of it, or, yeah. Or I mean, two-thirds yeah, of it. yeah. Like you'll build a building if you've got someone to occupy at least part of it. Yeah, and you'll you know put their sign up with the name of their business on it. I mean, this is cold hard, nothing definite. Um, and I know they have a lot of interest. I know they're doing showings, taking letters of intent. But I just thought it was remarkable from the fact that, you know, especially during the pandemic, almost nobody's been doing this. Well, Robin, we're going to have to sign off uh, on this segment. That's all for Grow Lincoln today. Thanks a lot. Send us your announcement about your business opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm.